sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports fans. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, August 24th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct as we put the fun and functional sports content and hopefully have this become a profitable day of sports investing for you. And, Kev, we had a big weekend. The NBA playoffs continue to march on. We'll look at what has happened. We'll preview what will be going on this week, but I do want to start with one of the teams that, you know, Cancun on three, right? There are two less teams in the bubble, two less teams in the playoffs, and one of them, Kev, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Right, who got swept by the Boston Celtics. They lose game four, 110 to 106. And we knew this, right? Well, a lot of people thought this about Philadelphia coming in. We knew Ben Simmons was banged up, wasn't there anymore. If you saw this game, you saw Tobias Harris have a very nasty fall. Looked like he, you know, has a concussion or something coming. And then there was Joel Embiid, right? We were worried about could he be the most dominant player? Well, you know, he tried at times, but it was not enough as they get swept for nothing. I know we have talked about this here and on other shows, Kev. The Philadelphia 76ers are going to be dramatically different next year, right? Whether it relates to their star Ben Simmons, whether it relates to their coach Brett Brown, there's already commentary. Some of the players had microphones in front of them talking about if Brett Brown will still be the coach there next season. What do you think is the kind of next phase or the obituary for this version of the process in Philly? So we can be very boring and just be like, he's done, next question. Because that's the reality of it, Dane. He's done. Okay. The, simple, the, the way that they were speaking of Brett Brown is they, were all, they all know it. Chris Haynes right. you know, already put out an article about uh, the things that are going to lead to the demise of Brett Brown it, during – uh, to his tenure in Philly, he's done. He's done. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Ben Simmons being the difference between ah. winning and losing a series, sure. Ben Simmons being the difference between winning a series and being swept, no, 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 no. Very few <laughs> players in this league make up that kind of difference. And this team underachieved all season long. And the issues that exist there you simply cannot all pin on a lack of fit between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I'm sorry, you just can't. There's far too much talent on this roster for them to never show up on the road. Just far too much. And they proved it every home game. They proved it. So Brett Brown is done. The question becomes, what do you do with Ben Simmons slash Joel Embiid? Can right. these guys work together? Can these guys fit? Well, listen, you know, Dane, we've talked a little bit about it on this past uh, 
episode of mm-hmm. betting around the room or maybe two ago, just kind of the job openings coming uh, out right. around the NBA, right? Like to coach Zion is available to potentially coach Katie and Kyrie is available. Mike D'Antoni might depart from Houston. He's a legitimate free agent. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Okay. There's a lot of opportunity out there when it comes to the Sixers job. It should sit near the top of the list. As we welcome in our radio audience around the world right here on the grid, the early line. I'm Kevin Walsh next to Dane Martinez, especially out there on the West Coast, the mightier 1090. Look, Dane, the ability, the chance to coach Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two players sure. that for some rank inside the top 15, certainly both belong inside anybody's top 25, should be attractive. But, but is it? I'm not sure, and that's troubling. Yeah, no, I hear you. It will definitely look different in Philadelphia as the process goes on. I also agree with you. Brett Brown will not be the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers the next time they play a meaningful game, in my opinion. You say that Philly underachieved all season. The other team that got bounced out of the playoffs yesterday, I don't think you can say that for. I don't think you're going to write the obituary for their coach necessarily, but the Brooklyn Nets do, in fact, go down to Toronto. They lose one. 150 to 122 as the Raptors and our guy Freddie Van Fleet continues to move on. But Brooklyn, they are now done. They go home. But unlike Philly, Right, Kev, I think they have reasons to still feel decent about themselves. I know no one cares about moral victories, but Karis LeVert is a stud in the making. And while Jacques Vaughn may not have this job next year, his stock only can improve. He'll get more looks in the association. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn will land uh, another job somewhere in the NBA. The only question is how high-ranking that position will be. Right. Because all things considered, despite the sweep even, right, he got a lot out of a group that we didn't expect much from. Other than Toronto Raptors fans who keep saying, yeah, keep doubting us as they sweep the worst team in the bubble. Yes, awesome guys. Incredible. My goodness gracious. Nevertheless, though, when you look at it from the Brooklyn Nets perspective here, Dane, really, what's the argument for this team to not be favored to win the East next year? Karis LeVert? Looks like he is going to be a yeah. genuine third option. Katie's back, Kyrie's back. Spencer Dinwiddie's still there. Jared Allen continually impressed in spots throughout. Plus, they should be deep. This is big experience that a lot of these guys got. Chemistry, understandable. But from a pure right. roster perspective, might just have the best in the Eastern Conferences. We will start next season. And that may be true, but remember, the deck gets shuffled a little bit more in the offseason. So let's see what the rosters look like at the start of next season. But with KD, Kyrie, and Karis LeVert, the arrows should be pointing up for the Nets. The arrows pointing up for some dude that put forth a historic performance. We'll talk about it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, in these playoffs, and even in the restart, There have been phenomenal 
performances, right? Damian Lillard legitimately had a stretch where he averaged 50 points a game for about three games, and his team needed it. Right. We've seen Donovan Mitchell go off for 50 multiple times in playoff games when they needed it. We've seen amazing performances from, you know, TJ Warren, from Karis Levert, you know, from a lot of players. We've seen 2020s from guys. But I don't know, Kev, that we've seen a performance better than what Luka Doncic did yesterday. And I would note he did this without his Robin to his Batman. Kristaps Porzingis was ruled out for game three, even though we knew about Luka's ankle, right? And I was like, uh-oh, will they have Luka? Instead, they didn't have KP. They did have Luka. In overtime, Luka and the Mavs get the job done to even that series at two. Now, I know this went overtime, but if you saw the game, Luka was laboring the entire Entire time, but still doing what he had to do. Anytime he steps out there doing the damn like massage pounding thing on him, you could see he was not a hundred percent. But if not as a hundred percent, Kevin, you can still get 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, and the game-winning three in the air as the horn goes off in overtime. A truly Kind of like announcing yourself if it needed to still happen. Flag planting. I am the mother effing man in this league performance from Luka Doncic as the Dallas Mavericks tie the series. Yeah, I am excited to talk about the Clipper side of this coin, but you you are absolutely right to start here with Luka Doncic. As I mean, look, let's call it what it is. Year two, undeniable top 10 player in this league. I will listen to top five arguments, though. You will have to come prepared because the top of this league is still incredibly impressive. But he's making all the right arguments. I, I mean, <laughs> he when you step up against a team that is a legitimate, you know, title contender without your second best guy and put forth this kind of performance it, on a bum this ankle. is like this is what it takes to move up those ranks. I, I mean, yeah. In year two, he's all NBA first team. Okay, and let's just you know. We have not seen a player take to the league this quickly since LeBron. And by year three, LeBron was the best player in the league. It was year one of the first time he was robbed of a number of MVPs. Okay? Does Luka Doncic have that same potential? Yes. Absolutely. This guy might be favored to win MVP next year. He might be your top choice on the board. And it's more than understandable. But, Dane, let's not worry about next year. They are live in this series, (laughs) period. Like, this isn't like, oh, that was cute. No. Like, he hit the shot that determined whether this was 3-1 and it was all for naught, or that is one of the moments that will live as part of his legacy forever, and they might just upset the two seed in round number one. Yeah, they just might. And I know we've talked about this series before. Remember, when the Clippers got game one, Dallas had an excuse, right? No KP for the second half. And they were outplayed until then. Dallas gets this one, albeit in overtime. 
and without KP. You know, we've said this before going into this series. I, I remember telling you that with that version of KP and this version of Luca, watch out. They are live. But I know you do want to talk about the Clippers side of this as well. I have an inkling of where you may want to go. So before we throw shade on someone, can we first hmm. talk about my man, Lou Williams? Yes, we can. Is picking up the slack for your boy playoff P, Kev. And maybe he's not your boy, so I digress. But Lou Williams with 36 points, 13 of 20 from the field. Like, they may not be getting it from the places they think they need to, PG-13. But Lou is coming in and doing everything he needs. This is why, Kev. To me, the Clippers are a true championship contender because they are so deep, because they can get it from anywhere. You know, I'm talking about Lou Williams. I know you're going to throw some shade at places. We're not even talking about guys like Kawhi Leonard, right? You know what I mean? So it is a series. It is one I'm excited to watch. But Kev, what do the Clippers need to do to put Dallas away? So first of all, as far as your guy Lou Will goes, Awesome yeah. performance. 36, yeah. 13 of 20 from the field, a plus 15. And when they needed a bucket, they gave it to Lou, and he just got one. Yeah. But, Dane, you can't lose the Lou Will game. You can't lose the Lou True. Will game. That's unacceptable. True. Last year in the playoffs, when this Clippers team with was like, oh, obvious sweep up against the Golden State Warriors, when they were healthy, minus money title favorite, they took two games off that team. Because there were two 30-plus point performances from Lou Will. And now they get 36 from him. They can't take a game off the Mavs? No! You can't lose the Lou Will game. That's time for concern. But a credit okay. to Lou Will, he was fantastic. At the top of this list, Kawhi Leonard was great. Because Kawhi sure. Leonard is great. I thought he was far too soft on switching and leaving Reggie Jackson to the wolf. But at the end of the day, Kawhi... You get the pass because I still thought you were special in this game. If you go back to the bench, Montrezl Harrell giving you 17 minutes of two-point basketball and a minus 19, yeah, begs the question, is Montrezl Harrell going to be able to get right to help this team get past a very difficult series? Boy, does this team miss Patrick Beverly. But the thing is, Dan, Mm -hmm. as Clippers backers touted, Oh, they're 11-2 and and all their best five players play. Yeah, but they've only played 13 times because they're all hurt all the time. And that was never a good thing. And then the final piece, the business I do response. Paul George, Mm -hmm. playoff P, pandemic P, you you certified bum, bum. Seven points in the first quarter, finishes with nine. Back to back. To back games. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, he should be rooting for this team to lose now because Joe Ingles is waiting in the next round, probably, for a short <laughs> tour at half. And we've already seen that. I mean, Paul George has played so bad now, Dane, that we are starting to wonder is his, are his shoulders broken again? Because this is an inexcusable. He was nothing more than a floor spacer from yeah. quarter two on. Yeah. Nothing more than a floor spacer. He is supposed to be the second piece on a title contender. He's Robin. He's supposed to be Robin. gives yep. this team the chance to win yep. an NBA championship. And whether they get through this round or not, he has put forward the performances that have continually made me believe that the Lakers are the team to beat 
in the Western Conference. Because when it comes to this Paul George, the conversation is not, Dane, wow, I can't believe he's doing this. It's <laughs> playoff P's back because this is what he does. No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, we are seeing the gap in perception and what we are actually seeing on the floor. And we're seeing it in positive ways and in negative ways, right? You know, like we're seeing it with things, you know, the nature of, hey, Karis LeVert raising his stock, Luka Doncic raising his stock, right? But playoff P, you're expecting it out of him. The Clippers certainly are. That's why they were favorites. And yet it is just not coming to pass. He is not living up to the billing of what he is supposed to be as this like max level number two guy to help the Clippers get to the championship. Can I say one other passive aggressive thing, though, about this series? As you know, I am a New Yorker. As you know, I am a Knicks fan. I'm on a text mm. chain with a bunch mm. of my boys, and they're like, yo, we're seeing Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Kristaps Porzingis like do work in the playoffs. Carmelo Anthony doing work in the playoffs. And all these guys, you know, could be wearing the blue and orange of go New York, go New York, go. But they're all elsewhere. These guys are doing it, these former Knicks, huh? Yeah, they, they are. Uh, to be honest <laughs> with you, that is uh, one of those arguments that, to be, like, when they made that move, and sent Chris Stapps out, I firmly yeah. locked myself in on that's a joke, and that was awful. And uh, there were a lot of combatants. And those combatants, I would say, certainly now, yeah, there's no arguments to be made. It was a bad move. Real bad move. <laughs> yeah. At least they got Dennis Smith Jr. finally, though. That's true. They always wanted Dennis Smith Jr., and they finally got him. But literally, Trey Burke doing his thing. Tim Hardaway dropping buckets. Mello keeping the Blazers trying to be in the games. And, of course, Kristaps Porzingis. We'll come back and talk more after the news update here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. And we especially welcome back our radio audience from around the country, including out there on the West Coast, waking up early with us out there on the mightier 1090. Kev, there was another game that happened yesterday in the NBA playoffs. The Utah Jazz take a 3-1 lead over the Denver Nuggets, a team that I was high on coming into this, but they are down 3-1. I got to tell you something, Kev, uh, not one but two incredible performances in this game, in my opinion, as Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray were going after each other. In a losing effort, Kev, Jamal Murray, 50 points on 9 of 15 shooting from beyond the arc with 11 rebounds thrown in, shooting 18 of 31 from the field. Kev, that's a really good game for an emerging young point guard stud in Jamal Murray, who I believe gets under-respected and undervalued in the Western Conference, but it was outshined again by Donovan Mitchell, who goes off for 51 points, goes 15 of 27 from the field, hits 17 of 18 free throws. You know, um, 
figuring in with seven assists as well. Two incredible performances. It is a two-point game, but the Jazz are sort of uh, creating a little bit of separation as they go up 3-1 in the series. Uh, look, give Jamal Murray his credit. 50-11-7 was a plus yeah. five in 43 minutes of work. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean there's not more, more to ask for, right? There's nothing more to ask for. But Donovan Mitchell, I, I mean, to, to quote the, the great John Wall, I ain't ever seen you act like this before. What in the <laughs> world has this guy become? 51, <laughs> 7 and 4, maybe the third best performance he's had in these four, in the four games through this series. I, I mean, this is ridiculous. He's just constantly putting his name next to Michael Jordan in record books right now. I, I mean, this is kind of it was it was a real eye-opening moment for me this last game though right because you know this I, there was a game where i had bet on him to go under 29 and a half scored 30 right right right, right. um but he was so efficient right that was when and Conley came back, do it. Yeah. yeah and the reason though why i had bet against it is because donovan mitchell is someone that to this point in his career lacked some efficiency lacked that consistency but you know what it was kind of a reminder like oh yeah he's ridiculously young and right. this is a leap. This is a leap, right? We're now here, I believe, in Donovan Mitchell's third season. Like, the idea, and this is the thing, like, because things move so quickly now, right, that, you know, we need it now. Year one, you're in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I got no time to wait. Year two, you, why aren't you right. performing? It's his third year, right? And then year three, Donovan Mitchell has made the leap, certainly, into any top 20 conversation that we're going to have. And Look, this the thing is, right, they, they should be getting through this series. Okay, I don't know what Denver's meant to do because they are defensive dumpster fire, okay? I don't know what they're meant to do to stop this Utah Jazz team. Like, there's a, And you know me, Dane. Like, I'm not scared to chase, okay? I'm not scared mm-hmm. to go after it again and again and again. Uh, yesterday, I did not back Denver. I did not back Denver because what, what, what were they supposed to do? They gave up a buck 29, and that was like their best punch. That was like the best game they could possibly play, and they still gave up a buck 29. But when it comes to the next round, whether it is the Clippers or the Mavericks, like the Jazz are live in that series because Donovan Mitchell is a different player than the one that I think we even saw during the lion's share of last season. He is a different player. Plus, Mike Conley has come back to look wonderful. Rudy Gobert right. really found his footing in this series. Clarkson's played some good games here, but you have to give – the just this jazz team credit, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell is ascended into a whole new level right now. So let me ask you this. I want to make a comparison and see if it holds water for you because it's a, it's, it's like great heights and an incredible hot streak. But then the question of what does this mean moving forward? Is this sustainable? Right? So yeah, Spider Mitchell is performing ridiculously, right? Maybe he's taking a next step. He might be elite. Everything you're saying, I'm with. I mean, you just watch it with your own two eyes. Yeah, he cannot be stopped right now. There was a stretch of time, right, where uh, Damian Lillard was doing Hmm. similar things, right? Even taking a step forward from what we knew of him as an all-star talent, right, to become uh, that bubble MVP, right? But then, taking from your analysis, right, he... Uh, then moves into a series with a team that will play defense, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wonder about Donovan Mitchell, right? Because these Denver Nuggets are also a team 
that doesn't really play defense. I think they literally, in the bubble, had the highest points per game against even higher than Portland, right? So mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell is doing this, but against a, let's put it, you know, less than elite defense, shall we say, right? So then Damian Lillard moves on and sees the Lakers, and it's a little bit of a different show, and Portland is really struggling. Utah, let's say the Clippers figure it out, right? They play defense, have a lot of two-way players. Would you expect Donovan Mitchell to continue this moving forward, or might he run up against the same kind of wall that a dude like Damian Lillard runs up against with playoff defense on the other side? So uh, here's the thing with Donovan, okay? He's averaging 39.5 points per game on 56% from the field and 51.5% from three, and 95.5% from the free throw line. That's not sustainable, okay? Unless he becomes the best player in the league, like, and even still, like, that, that's not right, right, right. So there is some level of regression that has to come. But as far as the most immediate matchups that wait for him in the next round, the Mavericks don't play defense either, okay? They're, they're more of a run-and-gun team. So you'll take your chances there. As far as the Clippers go, I mean, uh, unless, you know, their defensive abilities all rest on the shoulders of Patrick Beverly, Donovan Mitchell What if they just put Kawhi on him? What about Kawhi? Yeah, but he can't do that. Because did you not just watch Luka go off for a 40-point triple-double? It's too much. Kawhi has to lead the team in scoring. Playoff P ain't going to do it. He's not going to. Right? And the thing that we've seen is they hunt matchups. That's what the playoffs are, man. You hunt matchups. So every single time Lou Will is out there, this is the thing, right? As much as Lou Will can go out there. The guy he's guarding, let's give him the ball and clear out. Lou Will gets played off the court in playoff games, though, occasionally. Because he can't defend. And they're going to continue to hunt matchups. And that's what Donovan has done this entire series. And that's what he will do, whether it be the Clippers or the Mavericks. Now, if they end up playing the Lakers, okay, it's a little bit different. Because the Lakers have a track record of not only defense from the regular season, but what they've done in the first three games of this series against Portland. All right, well, we will see. I mean, like you said, it is amazing. I don't know that it's sustainable, right? The same way when we saw Damian Lillard going off, we we don't know if it is sustainable, but we got to celebrate it and realize it when we see it. Donovan Mitchell, you know, really taking a step forward. You know how I was talking about how I think these NBA playoffs were going to be a coming out party for Jason Tatum? Kev, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like Jason Tatum is not living up to that billing. You know what I mean? But maybe the same thing should be said out West for a guy like Donovan Mitchell. What do you think this means long-term though, Kev? Because remember, the Jazz were a team that merely a month ago, we were talking about how like Mitchell and Rudy Gobert couldn't coexist anymore because they were spreading germs around together. And could it be the other direction that if they got, you know, another part of a big three could they truly take that even step forward if donovan mitchell does become a top five scorer in the nba like he is long to do right now what do you think about the jazz long term because and i'm gonna ask you this because i know i'm betting around the rim we've talked about this kev the Mm -hmm. arrow is pointed up on so many western conference teams even the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies, right? You know, I mean, um, so many other young teams. We like some of the guys in Sacramento, for goodness sakes, right? We love Doncic and KP at the bottom of this conference right now at Dallas, right? We know Golden State still has stuff left in them. You know, it almost seems like we talk about 
the potential of all of these Western Conference teams, right? And you know there's the Lakers not going anywhere. You know the Clippers are still nine deep and all that. We like even the potential of this Nuggets team. That's down 3-1. We talk about guys like Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, not to be outdone as like a 21, 22-year-old, right? Where do the Jazz fit in? kind of in the longer game here in the Western Conference with Mitchell, with Gobert, and whatever else they want to bring on board. I mean, look, as far as the Western Conference goes as a whole, the two teams that didn't get invited to the bubble, because only two didn't get invited to the bubble, have the first and second pick in this upcoming NBA draft. Like, the disparity that exists between the two conferences is not going anywhere. The NBA can thank themselves for that, for the years that they've had the lottery, and consistently it just bounced the West's way. And that's what happens when, when the generational talents keep ending up there, Zion, AD, right, instead of going to the East where, you know, the Bobcats had the worst season ever, the Knicks were clearly the worst team in the NBA. This is what happens. As far as it pertains specifically to the Jazz, this team can contend for a title. Because hmm. the conversation around whether Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert was their best player kind of would depend. How analytically driven do you want to be? Um, you know, those things can vary. But Donovan Mitchell right now is undeniably their best player, which is the best-case scenario for the Jazz. Because now everything that Rudy Gobert does is still in effect, but it's now next to what is one of the, looks like, elite perimeter players that this game is going to offer, especially, you know, offensively. Because Gobert's going to carry the load defensively, right? Like, he's going to continue to do his job on that side of the ball. Defensive player of the year, yeah. Candidate every year. And, and, and. and they get Bogdanovich back next year. Like, if yeah. Mike Conley can stay at the level, there's no reason for this Jazz team. I mean, but but the thing is, like, it's not even like, oh, it's nice you beat the Nuggets. Like, no matter what happens with the Clippers and the Mavs series, the Jazz have a shot in that series based on the way that they've played and right. based on the way that those two teams have played. So all, all the credit in the world, because I did not expect a, a great bubble run from this team, and they certainly had a great bubble run. Yeah, absolutely. And that is all. I mean, game three is also, Kev, with Joe Ingles not scoring a point. And he is one of their priorities in the offseason because he does a lot of important things for this Jazz team as well. When we come back, we've got game fours on the horizon today for us to look at. We take a look at those and those lines when we come back, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez, my partner in crime and main man, Kevin Walsh, as always, helping us put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, let's look at today's Game 4s, and we start uh, in chronological order with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. Kev, Milwaukee is 13.5-point favorites, minus 1,200 on the money line. I think conventional wisdom is, listen, Orlando stuck their heads up, got Game 1, kudos to them but this is going to start to snowball and run away i think that's what a lot of people believe the books seem to think that as well 13 and a half is the spread 225 and a half is the total how do you see this one playing out is orlando pretty much dead man walking so dan we actually have something that's now happened two consecutive games here i'm curious what you think about this if it What's up? could be a sustainable betting model so in two straight games now, the Bucks have covered the first quarter with relative mm. ease, 
first half with even more ease. Then mm-hmm. the magic come around yeah. and cover your live number that is posted for you at the half. Interesting. Yep. And the Bucks still end up covering the full game. Now, the thing is, the Magic put pressure on that full game number. But it's two straight right. games where the Bucks have covered first quarter, the first half, and the full game with that full game by a very slight margin as the Magic have made a run in half number two. Now, maybe yeah. that's fool's gold. Maybe Orlando can go out there and be a little bit more competitive from the start. But the way it looks, like, it's understandable. Milwaukee comes out so locked in, especially on right. the defensive side of the basketball. They held the Magic to 23 points in Game Three's first quarter. They held them to 13 points right. in Game One's first quarter. They've scored 60-plus in consecutive first halves now. Like, you could see that there. So I think there's an argument to be made where you go into this game and you bet the Bucks to cover the first quarter, the first half, and the entire game. And if you get those first two in, right, you will have made, let's just say, two units, right, with another yep, one yep, yep. sitting out there. You can come back around on Orlando, and you might actually be able to get a full four-game clean sweep, or you can do it to where you're going to walk away with at least – two units yeah so um i like what you're saying in terms of the flow of what has happened i do believe that that trend could continue right the idea of milwaukee punching them in the mouth early because like with these one eight teams right you know it the worst thing that happened is you give a team a chance you let them feel like they can hang around right and I, and that's part of what happened in game one and maybe they've learned their lesson so now it's like you know and you said that you don't have the tremendous confidence in Boonholzer, right and so maybe the thing is hey Let's just leave no doubt early. Let's take the of this team and, you know, give us the best shot right away. I do think that that is something that you can hang your hat on. Milwaukee coming, blitzing them out early. And I also believe, you know this, Kev, in the NBA, everybody makes a run, right? I believe that there is mm-hmm. a time likely somewhere in that third quarter, right, where Orlando will go on a little bit of a run, making the kind of the live odds, like you're saying, something you may want to get in on again, right? I personally wouldn't go all the way, like you're saying, and make these like three or four bets, right? But I do like the early love on Milwaukee to come out and kind of boat race them Mm. or monitoring this game live, Right. Mm -hmm. And trying to and trying to once the Orlando run happens, bet against it, knowing it's only a run and Milwaukee is much better. I I feel good about doing both of those things independently. I'm not just going to get greedy and try and stack them on each other. And I think that that's fair. And the only reason I suggest it is because not only has it happened two games in a row, but it but it does make sense. Right. It does. Because the Bucks come out like so locked in. And then at the half, they're like, sweet, we're up 30, right? Right. And to be fair with you, like, the Magic not laying down is the only reason that Giannis and Middleton aren't averaging 25 minutes a game in this series. Like, Budenholzer has not corrected any of those things. Like, they only played 31 minutes to both of them in the last game. And you might be like, oh, what do you want them to play, 40 minutes? No, but it's like the games are unnecessarily close. It's just one of those things. Um, But, again, I would be – I would be okay if somebody went the full way, but I do also think it's another series I could bet live. The only other thing I'll toss out there 
is playing the Bucks first half team total because they scored 121, which gets you over where the pregame number was. But it was a sweat because in the second half, they have let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit on the offensive yeah. side as well. The, the rhythm is just not as there. It's just not there as much. But they, I believe they've scored 64 and 70 in the last two games. I know it was 70 in game number three. So that certainly could be a, a way to look at it, in my opinion. No, I see that. And I also want to make that point because you're talking about like how many minutes Giannis and Middleton are getting. And it reminds me of another point I wanted to make here. You know, we were talking about on Friday's show, Kev, about Freddie Van Fleet. And I mentioned that that prop bet that should happen. And he did go over that big shout out. Even our guy, Jared Smith, gave it out as well. People followed it. It hit. That's great. And then someone asked if we were going to go back to it um, mm. in game four that happened. And I said, my concern, he did ultimately go over it, I believe. But my concern was that mm-hmm. this game gets out of control and FVV is on the on the bench. You mentioned Giannis, right, in that same vein. Kev, Giannis's prop today is 31 and a half points. Okay, and I just would say I have the same cause for pause here. Okay, that if Milwaukee is on some like, nah, we're going to punch him in the mouth. We're not that run, whatever we are going to cover. I'm worried that you will not see enough of Giannis, especially in the second half and in the fourth quarter to get over 31 and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, look, so he went over last game, right? Yep. And he scored 35 points. And all he needed to do was go 12 of 14 from the field, two of three from the line. No, but that's ridiculous. Dave, that's not sustainable. That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. In that action, in that time and limited action, yeah. you would need to be incredibly efficient in order to right. do that. Now, is it possible? Has he done it? Yes. It's just sure. not something I'm going to bet on. I agree. Now, can you tell me a favor? What is his assist prop listed at? Because I ha- I forgot to go back and double check here if they've corrected sure. this number a little bit. Uh, but corrected he's actually. It, say, huh? Well, it's been. It's, it's, it's at five. Yeah, they did. Six and a half. It, it sat at five and a half to begin this series. He's gone. Uh, he's had seven, five, and seven in these three games. Yeah, it's up to six and had, a half. He had over uh, six in all of the regular season games as well. Now, hmm. I wouldn't necessarily push it, but it was worth looking at. But they they added it there. Look, he's gotten you there twice out of the three games in this series. But um, I don't know if maybe the same value that was there when it was at five and a half. All right, fine. Coming up after that at 410 or thereabouts Eastern time. This is a series I think is a little bit more interesting. We got it at 2-1, the Houston Rockets and the OKC Thunder. The Rockets are three-point favorites in this one. Uh, Minus 152 on the money line. I see a total, Kev, of 219 and a half. Lower than Milwaukee, (laughs) Orlando. Lower than the Lakers and Blazers. What do you think about this total? Well, look, I mean, the score through uh, through four yesterday, right, was much, much lower than that. And Fair. that's kind of the, the issue when, when it comes to this series right now is, I mean, look, it was 104-104. The Rockets only scored three points in overtime, which is just like such a crazy thing. That's because mm-hmm. Harden fouled out. Um, right. Early in overtime, uh, yeah. You know, it's hard, though, right now. I mean, because the Rockets do have this ability to go – ice cold right and i think we maybe mm-hmm. got one of those games i mean look jeff outside of jeff green it was a real bad shooting performance for most and i don't know how jeff green is still doing this like boy something you weren't about to do for regression uh and hmm. the the thunder like the thunder got this it's so wild they got 20 from 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 gallo 23 from sga 26 from cp3 schroeder scored 29 and now 119 is not a low number, right? But like 
this game was so close. This game was so close. Yeah. Like, I do worry for for OKC in this series because that now a lot of those numbers were extended and plus minuses were extended because of that overtime frame. Overtime, yeah. But like, this game was so tight and they got such good performances. And I don't necessarily think you can say the same thing for Houston. Like Harden, right. you know, scored a bunch, but he was still way inefficient. From three, like I, you know, when we've talked about, this, yeah. Harden has no problem go over going over a point prop while being inefficient in <clears> his journey. Um, Eric Gordon, another poor shooting performance, yep. efficiency wise. So it's a spot here where, as much as I, I, I'd like to see the Thunder be live, there's an argument to be made that you're getting value on a, on the Rockets. Hey, let me ask you something. What's up with Westbrook? Are we going to hear him anytime soon? Do you think we're going to get him in this series? Or Because, for example, if Houston wins this game today and they're up 3-1, it may be the more prudent decision to hold him out, right, um, and be ready to go to see, you know, whether it is uh, what we believe might be the Lakers in the next round. Yeah, so we got the update yesterday. There's no timetable for his return. Still. I, I think, you know, and totally fair the point you're making, but, I really don't think this is a, a scenario of like, okay, the Rockets can wait and take the temperature if they need Westbrook or not. He's not available. And no. the idea that he's going to be available for the Lakers, I don't think is a far, far gone conclusion either. Like quad injuries or, or don't just vanish, right? Those sure. are things that can linger. Plus we've not seen him in a while. And we've seen lay like layoffs certainly like cause people some disruption coming back here. To be totally honest with you, like if I were to back the Thunder, I would actually want to see Westbrook come back into the lineup, the number mm. jump up to five and a half, six, and hope he throws the flow off. Now, that's not going to happen today, and I don't think it really happens in this series. We don't have a timetable on the return. I, it doesn't look great in that yeah. regard. That's true. It is still like, you know, you would like to see some progress. The fact that they still don't have that timetable, you don't see them doing things like walkthroughs or practices just yet does cause some concern. That next round will most likely start, you know, sometime around this weekend coming up. So he's got about a week left if he wants to be ready for that next round, provided if the Houston Rockets do in fact get there. We only got a couple minutes before break, but that may be enough to talk about Indiana and Miami <laughs> because Miami is up three nothing. They are six point favorites. We've talked about this, right? Indiana, now Oladipo a little bit banged up as well. We know they didn't have Sabonis. We weren't expecting too much from this team, kind of limping into this round of the playoffs. But Miami looks awesome, up 3-0, and our favorites to get the sweep completed this evening. Kev, you think they get the job done and then get to wait a little bit for what's most likely Milwaukee? Yeah, this is a spot, though, where you're going to want to be cautious here because not only have they bumped up the Heat's number because of how good they've looked in the series, but we've got Jay Crowder, Andre Godala uh, listed as questionable. Um, I believe there's one more name as well on that Heat lineup that might not be available for this team. I would be cautious there. Uh, as somebody who looked to bet overs in games one and two of the series and then did not show up to the window for game number three, I am more than hesitant about what I'm going to do here in game number hmm. four because it certainly feels like, oh, hey, cool, all right, we're on the over. What is it? It's 101 to 90. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, like, I'm not sure I I'm necessarily uh, wanting to get burned in that regard. Um, could be a good props game, though, depending who's available. Malcolm Brogdon's looked wonderful uh, in his minutes, uh, certainly in the last game. I, I more so should say he's been this team's leading scorer. So 
it's a spot here where I'm going to have to wait for some availability to make a, a full play. I'd be cautious, though, really, anyway. I think it's a tough game to call. All right, fair enough. You know, we talked about the West and how much talent there is out there, how much young ascending teams are out there. I think in the East, though, we are on the horizon of getting two very interesting Eastern Conference semifinal matchups with Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. Likely the four teams left standing is going to be real interesting. We got one more playoff series to talk about, and we'll do that when we come back on the early line. Hour number two is also coming up very soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Here on the early line, giving you the edge and putting the fun and functional sports content. And, Kev, we've been talking about it for months, how jam-packed the sports calendar was going to be, you know, at this portion of time, right? We've talked about the NBA. We've got George Kurtz coming in in hour number two to talk NHL. We've got baseball games to talk about. Trades in Major League Baseball starting to happen as we get up against it. Big news out of the NFL that is starting to happen that we got to talk about. But that's not all. You know, I mean, Sato wins the Indianapolis 500 over the weekend. Dustin Johnson with a huge win. He goes like 30 under par, Kev, to win the Northern Trust. Bayern Munich, who we've been talking about, wins the Champions League. Sevilla wins the Europa League, right? And in the octagon over the weekend, Frankie Edgar, nice to see him coming back with a big-time decision victory over the weekend. I think we're starting to get to it, Kev, where everything is happening all at once. We're talking about the playoffs and basketball and baseball, but not to be outdone, sports across the world is back, and there were some champions crowned over the weekend also. Yeah, no, It is funny, right? But you and I were kind of at a point where any one of those stories right. not only would have led our show, but <laughs> right. would have been like, ah, yeah, we got a couple minutes, uh, we got a couple segments here uh, on some of these conversations. Right. And now, that we, and we said this was coming, like, the overload was on it was was on its way, and like That's we right. talked about, you know, oh, eventually we're now going to start getting people set for the NFL season, and uh, yeah. you know, whatever futures bets they want to make, and fantasy drafts, and and the things of that nature. So, yep. um, it's a full overload of all the things you mentioned. I just, you know, Champions League is always very cool. Um, got to watch the close of that, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar uh, not being mm, able yeah. to break through. And I think that was one of those games where I, I think a lot of people probably got hurt at the window expecting goals, 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 and it ended mm. up being a one nothing result. Yep, one nothing result. We tip our cap to Bayern Munich for the Champions League and, of course, Sevilla for the Europa League as well. With all these sports, we're going to have George Kurtz in here in the next hour at 840 to talk the NHL. We've got Lakers and Blazers to talk about. We've got big news in the NFL and a full slate or a half slate of Major League Baseball today as Monday is a travel day. All of that coming up in hour number two of the early line here on SportsGrid. And that is coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.